lot of it is just kind of you be just kind of reminding ourselves about like just respect and about you know just reiterating you know one voice and just kind of like yes we are all learning like not everyone knows everything there is to know about rugby right mm-hmm. it's kind of reminding that we're all new we're all you know still learning we all have much to learn i think the minute i stepped on our practice field for rugby the calling happened an eight-year plan to be on the team and i was in it within two years don't wait until you are a pro to be a pro right like i like doing something look stopping and learning from it like it just looked like it was a heavy hit it gets up it's not up you know that's the first time i played like professionally i'm making rugby money how can i make money outside of it and those two scottish guys and i said oh you're um you're here for the movie rugby is a sport where that's often coupled with actually having a good time he looked at me and he says you guys are awesome What's up, everybody? Welcome to another great episode of Grow Rugby. My name is Gift Gift Tommy Bailu, and this is the show where we speak to people about the opportunities that they have found, created, or taken advantage of via rugby. And guys, I know that you guys have been able to support. And if you guys enjoy what we have, please hit that like button. And of course, of course, we want to make sure that you're getting this every week. Throw yourself over and touch that subscribe button and knock out the notification so you get updated every time that we get a chance to post because we do a little bit of everything. But we want to make sure we're doing it for you and your value. Guys, we have an amazing guest this weekend. Uh, I I can't deny it. I she is part of the Prairie View A and M Women's, the one of the founders for the Prairie View A and M Women's team. Uh, she has played phenomenally at the HBCU Rugby Classic and was just so awesome to talk to. So much energy, so much passion. Not just as a rugby player, but as uh, um, as an HBCU soon to be alumni, HBCU student, and as an educator. Like you guys are gonna learn. Like there's this, it's just this level of excitement you can't make up. And she was, I, I love talking with, with Karima. Uh, uh, what, what, what can you say? Like, you know, whenever a person's got it, they got it. So I hope you guys enjoy this one. Uh, I know there's a lot of uh, icing on the cake. There's a lot of diamonds that's dropped here. And, of course, the thing that makes it most impressive is the excitement and love whenever it comes to being a part of a historically black college and university. And I continue every time we get another historically black college and university, shout out to Howard University and Kirill Guthrie, who you can hear uh, talk about uh, episode 49, 48, uh, creating the the John G. Robertson and uh, Clive Sullivan Foundation and being able to raise money to develop HBCU uh programs particularly at howard and within the dc area but um you know we, we're starting to get them and uh know they will be on here too because we want to make sure we are following all the stories it's all the stories we want to make sure that there is a documentation of this progression uh in all senses of the way so you guys want learn something they gain something we all learn collectively and that's that's the best thing you could ask for in any situation so, without further ado, I'm not going to hold you guys off. Please enjoy the lovely, the awesome Karima Prince. Grow, rugby, grow, rugby, grow, rugby, grow, rugby. 
What's up, everybody? Welcome to another great episode of Grow Rugby. My name is Gift Gift Time Bailu, and we got an amazing V, incredible I, and the person of persons, and I mean this in the realest way, Karima Prince of Prairie View AM, uh, Prairie View AM Rugby Women, the first, can we make it official one more time? The first HBCU women's rugby team of all time. Not just of the year, not just of HBC. I'm talking about all time, beginning to end. We're getting it in. Karima, thank you so much for uh, popping in through this. Of course, of course. <laughs> so, uh, look, obviously, um, as we were talking before, you the first time getting to watch you guys coming to the HBC Rugby Classic. Um, even before this, uh, whenever Raheem Vital and I think – Actually, even early stages, uh, and uh, Rico Rico Spence Brown had told me about you guys a couple years back, like 2019. But you guys were just at the really early, like I think, like three or four girls at that point. And then to see you guys like literally launch out and really like pop up to the scene now. Uh, and I'm gonna say pop up to the scene because other than that, I don't think there's any footage. So we're gonna say popped up to the scene now. And to be able to represent was one of the most exciting things about doing this event for me because uh, between you guys seeing Roots Women and then uh, being able to continue to redevelop and see the, the 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 youth side and of course everybody but you guys particularly you guys particularly I was I was happy and the results proved out to be worth the wait and uh, you guys you guys really put some competition out there. Like y'all are some tacklers, y'all. <laughs> I try, I try. Like even in practice, I was like, I know, because most of my girls they didn't come from like super contact sports, you know, right. like myself, volleyball, some of them basketball, you know, not super um, contact. So I was just like trying to reiterate, like you know, there might be a girl my height, but she weighs a hundred pounds. There might be a girl six foot, and she weighs. 250 like so i was just like just be ready for that and i was just trying to stress and i remember getting there and the girls were kind of nervous i was like you know what i'm nervous too <laughs> and so, actually seeing you know all the work that we had put in you know the practices the, you know all of it going into just was i was really proud of them and how they just like even like i said the quiet ones you know the more passive ones just making those tackles you know running hard i was just very very happy you know, and, and it's one of those things like it, it's legitimately, especially coming off of a pandemic, too. And this being I'm, I'm sure this is one of the I know you said this one of the first games for a lot of the girls. But talking about even overall, probably some of the first games to play in a year or so. So to be able to keep a team and even feel the team after all that time and being new. So you kept the excitement like what? <sighs> Having that kind of loyalty and knowing that the girls are that excited to be able to, the women, let me call it properly, the women are that excited to be able to play. Like, what was that for you, knowing that you guys even were capable of putting this together? I think a lot of the work that we put in was also off the field, because a mm. lot of us are very close, and we like to say we're more of a family than, you know, like teammates. Not and all really. very close, so it was e it's easier to get them to show on the field when you have that bond. So, you know, making sure that, you know, over COVID and whatever, and when we all first got sent home uh, last March about like, you know, when we get back, this is the game plan. This is what we're gonna do, you know, just really making sure that on and off the field that 
we were preparing ourselves because you know then we didn't know if we would even have a game let alone something as big as the hbcu classic and i remember when we got the call and they were like because i had gone two years ago you know i remember i had gone you know it was a guy's playing still great experience i loved it i love watching it but i remember when we were asked to play i was like wait wait (laughs) wait like us like you know and they were like yeah i was like Say yes right now. I was, I was really excited because I was like, "This is the first." Because we had some games lined up before COVID, but you know, yeah. there were lost, so that was disappointing. But to finally get one was really exciting for me and the girls, and it gave us something to motivate us because you know nice. we're all in school, so it was kicking our butts. But it just gave us something to motivate us, so that was great. Dude, I love that. I love that. You know. So, so everybody mutually excited. I that and that's what you want, and especially to be able to have that pinpoint. So, but let's let's backtrack a little bit because I I want to get to know about you, and then obviously how it, it turned into Prairie View A and M. So I, I usually ask the guests as anything goes. You know, how did you first get started in rugby? Okay, so growing up, I wanted to play football so bad, but my parents, you know, me being my little tomboy self, you know, they're. <laughs> Like, mm, no, we don't know how you feel. So they kind of, you know, track, you know, stuff. I was good at it, but I was like, okay, I want some more contact. So I ended up playing volleyball and I ran track in high school. And then when I got to PV, I actually played club volleyball for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, I'm not, I'm not feeling it. It's not. You weren't getting that contact high yeah. that you were looking for. Yeah, for me. And I was like, and I'm like, I'm not just, you know, super small for tracks. So I was like, I need something more. And I, it was my sophomore year, actually, in the beginning of my sophomore year. I actually um, had a teammate. I actually played, you know, casual volleyball with him sometimes in the recreation center. And he had mentioned it. And I was like, mm, I don't know anything about rugby, you know. And I was kind of, like, hesitant because I was just, like, learning a whole, you know, a whole new sport. I was like, of course. That's, that's a lot. And I was like, sometimes I feel like I'm a slow learner. So I was like, okay. And so I think it was an informational meeting. I had I was just looking at clubs and stuff because I was like, I need to get into something, you know, need to beef up my resume. Right. I didn't really do much my freshman year. I was like, I want to, you know, get more out there my sophomore year. And I saw the table and I was just like, you know, hi. Da, da. And my friend at the time, she was like, I'm going to sign up. I was like, you go, girl. You <laughs> sign up. You I believe in you. Not going to be me, but I believe in you. I was like, no, you have to do it with me. I'm nervous. It was actually her first year. She transferred from another school. She's like, oh. please, you have to go with me. I'm nervous. I was like, you know what? I'm going to be a good friend. And so I was like, fine, I'll go with you. So we go. I was like, these are some cool people. Like, I, I thought, like, I was like, this is my tribe. And so, you know, one practice it turned into two. Of course. Months got way more involved and then started going to games with them and like helping them out and then, you know, practices. And I was just like, this is pretty cool. Like <laughs> I, I can, I can do this. I can do this. And it was like, you don't have to be the absolute fastest on the field. And I was just like, mm-hmm. I appreciate that. And it's like, you get all types of like bodies in rugby too. So right. it's solely this or solely that. So I, it was nice to feel included. Yo, no. And, and you know, it, it's funny because it, for me, even whenever I started, like, for me, the community aspect was what ended up selling me the most, the culture of it. Because on the field, you know, you, you love the game because there's already field. But, you know, I had football. So it was like, okay, I get contact. I can feel that. But then whenever you start to feel like, like you said, it's like, oh, yo, this is my tribe here. Yo, this this is what I've been wanting. Like, And I did this. I started after college. So it was just like, 
oh, I get to be in college still, but like without the homework involved. Right. Like this is the same, and but we get to hit into athleticism and we get to enjoy all the the bit plus travel. So mm -hmm. it was just like, all right, I can I can work with this. This 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 works into my feeling. So for you, like you know, you you kind of you're working within these two cultures. You're working within the rugby culture. You're working within the HBCU culture. Two that. I will always say are probably a more natural fit than people give credit for, but naturally do not know that much about each other because it's still early. Right. So for you, as, a, as an HBCU attendee, like what actually got you wanting to go to Prairie View A&M first? Because the rugby doesn't even exist typically in the mind, especially in the black community. Mm -hmm. For sure, for sure. I actually sort of had an idea what rugby was before PV, but I grew up in Austin. And um, so the school I went to was actually pretty white dominated. So right. I'm, you know, used to that like culture in Austin. I like to say it's kind of like the island in Texas where it's like- <laughs> The hippies without- <laughs> Yeah, like not like the rest of Texas, but it's, you know, it's like with the hippies, keep Austin weird, all of that vibe, you know, juicing and stuff. So Word. it was different, but I was just like, I want, a change i was like it's not doing what i needed what i needed to do and i remember when i was looking at schools and stuff i looked at some pwis but uh when i started looking at more hbcus because my aunt and my dad were trying to like really push even my mom because my mom actually um used to be the dean the dean of students at houston tillerton it's a hbcu, a private oh, nice. HBCU yeah in um austin yep and so i kind of grew up seeing that and that culture and you know just that vibe and so i was like you know what let me let me take a look and i remember my dad was whispering in, in my ear about prairie view because he actually went for undergrad for a bit ah uh, i see i see so low-key alumni he did, i'm assuming he transferred at some point because mm -hmm, he wanted to uh go up north and you know pursue. but it was still it's still in the blood that was the that's mm -hmm. the starting that's the foundation and a lot of my family on my dad's side they're from houston so a lot of them prairie view big Preview and TSU, big, big, big. Right. So he was whispering, and I remember in high school, like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, oh no. I was like, I was like, where is it? Preview's where? I was. <laughs> I grew up in the city. I don't. I, I, mm, mm, mm. <laughs> not about this outskirt country life. Right. Like, I, it's Houston, but not really Houston. Right. <laughs> I was applying to schools. I actually was like ready to go i have like family in new jersey so i was ready to just you know go pretty far and mm -hmm. i my junior year and part of my senior I actually ended up getting pretty sick and so i remember when i was making that decision to you know pick schools i was like actually i kind of just changed my whole idea of like i actually don't think i want to go super far i want to be closer to immediate family just in case right. happened and i remember i was like ut is a little too close <laughs> but i was like I was like, that's two hours away. I was like, you know what? Let me go on a chance. It looks like they, they can give me something that I'm looking for. Right. So I remember at first I was a little hesitant when I first got here, but they have this thing called Panther Camp your freshman year. And I'm kind of the more introverted. I can be extroverted, but I'm more of the introvert. Like, you have to talk to me in order for me to talk to you. You, you need somebody else to help start charging up the energy. And then once it gets going, you're good to go. Mm -hmm. And so I was right. like, and I was just, you know, nervous because I didn't know anybody, you know, everyone from my high school didn't go to PV, you know, I had no one really close to me. So right. it was basically like me starting all the way over and, you know, just me, colored hair, you know, 
felt a little bit out of place because you know Austin. Everyone when I say, "Oh, I live in Austin," they're like, "Oh." It makes sense. (laughs) So that's what really sold me about, again, PV's more of a family, because it's not a super big school. Right. But the sense of community and how quickly they're willing to, like, help help out and, like, just take you in. Like, I remember being like, hey, I'm a vegetarian. I don't know what I would do about my meal plan. They took me themselves to go, you know, help me out and figure out my housing. They, you know... Nice. What really sold me and slowly but surely, I was like, I love my school. Like, I really, really do. And it just going from being super hesitant to like, I don't know if that's where I want to be to this is where I'm meant to be was it was really great. You know, you know, it's always interesting because it'll always happen, especially when it comes to orientation time. Like whenever you start to actually find that first set of students that you, you connect and you're like, okay, all right, we got something here. And then whenever you're like looking around campus, you're like, all right, I feel it looks good. It's straight. Then you get to that food part. And I think there's something about once you hit the food, regardless of whatever it is, like once you're like, yo, the food is working here for me and you guys are working with me on this. Like there's a bond that connects into it. And then all the culture kind of sifts into it. I remember I was talking with uh, with uh, with Matt. Um, uh, uh, man, I forgot his last name, but also played for PV as well. And he was telling me that like the uh, the thing on the hill that you guys do every <laughs> Wednesday. He was like, I got to go see that, and that was the big sell for me. Like, so for you, like whenever you were seeing like these cultural elements, like was this part of that that okay roundabout, or was it, did that come after you got on campus for a while? Yeah, um, it pretty much started almost immediately for me because, mm-hmm. and you know, growing up seeing, you know, my mom working at HT and, you know, kind of seeing the similarities, but also seeing the differences about how, like, just prideful people are to go to PV. And, like, again, like, you know, the Wednesday thing is called hump day or hump night. Yeah. And so just seeing how many people come out, I'm just like, this is really different and coming from. <laughs> You know, high school where everyone, you know, it was just not the same vibe. Like, what? Like, I was just really just taken back. I was like, wow, like, this is just so different from what I was used to. And it was just, it was really fun for me because it was like, not only, you know, going from, you know, going to um, college or whatever, you know, being living by yourself, right? Not feeling like you were doing it alone, of like, you know, having those friends and like where I uh, lived my freshman year. Basically, some of my best friends live right next door to me. Nice. So that was great, too. And my freshman year was also when Hurricane Harvey started. So we started actually a week later. So we had an extra week to kind of, like, bond with each other. So that was, my freshman year was a unique experience. Hey, guys. I just want to take a quick moment to talk to you about the Rugby Outlet Mall. Now, I know you guys have heard me talk about this many times in the show before, typically in the intro, but I want to really make sure to get your focus on it because the Rugby Outlet Mall is not just the commerce hub for Gift Time Rugby, but it is an area where we want to be able to create the movement and the symbolic elements that add to the movement. The Rugby Outlet Mall is here so that we can have something that not just to have for the field, but more importantly to be able to have as a regular lifestyle. Because as you know, rugby is not just a sport. 
It's a whole way of life. It is a movement. And we have everything moving from cultural to your pop culture items, like our rugby zon shirts or, and sweaters, uh, sweaters, as well as representing for the culture as we continue to develop the HBCU Rugby Classic. And we want to continue to support these things because it only grows the sport overall. We are continually growing to be able to make sure that we are connecting with you on a personal level as well as a rugby level. And for you guys that are listening to the podcast and listening to this show, want to let you know that you are going to get 20% off all gear that is under the category of Gift Time Rugby Network and the HBCU Rugby Classic. That is basically the entire store. And all you need to use is promo code GROWRUGBY, G-R-E-A-U-X RUGBY. And with that, you guys will get 20% off any clothing that is in the store as of right now. And of course, we're always building up more and more each time. But we want to make sure that you are able to symbolize your rugby faithfulness to the rest of the world and let them know that there is an opportunity to be able to develop, to grow, and to get better each and every time in this sport. So guys, I hope you guys check it out. Definitely go, and you guys can go to www.rugbyoutletmall.com. That is rugbyoutletmall.com. Dot com. Guys, you're not going to want to miss one bit of this. Now let's get back to it. Yo, you know what's funny? I had the same thing happen my freshman year. We, I was in Florida, so I, I ended up going to University of South Florida. But we ended up getting hit or threatened by three hurricanes wow. that year. All of them missed. I, I started to assume that there was, and it felt bad because, like, everywhere that I was staying at either was at threat or got hit by a hurricane. So, like, it was the same year that Katrina hit, and then, uh, and then we had like the ones that hit New Orleans, uh, that hit Miami. They they actually like went towards Tampa, and then they were like, ah, no, nah, we're gonna leave it alone, and just we're gonna go hit Miami. Do it again, ah, no, nah, we're gonna go hit Alabama, and then we're gonna give you a little bit of a heavy shower, but it's not gonna be too bad. But it was, but in that time, you know, obviously school gets a little bit limited and then you get to be in the dorms. And like, whenever you have that lack of stress of, you know, I don't have to go to classes. We don't have to do homework. So all we're doing is just cutting up inside here. Like it was real. And no, some of my, legitimately the basis of my best friends from college came out of that freshman dorm experience. And then it just kind of spread. We added people in, but those ended up being our base set from there. Yeah, pretty much the same for me. Like a lot of PV is big on a uh, nursing school, so most mm-hmm. uh, got like people that I was with my freshman year actually are in nursing school right now, and they're right. actually like in Houston, so I don't see them as much as I used to. But yeah, most of my best friends right there. You know, it's so- all still connect, even if they're yeah. crazy and doing nursing. Yes, and they're like, <laughs> "What are you doing now?" And every time they're like rugby, they're like, "I I see that." <laughs> from high school, asked me, they're like rugby. I see that. They're like, you didn't look like a volleyball girl. <laughs> so, you know, you talk about, you know, obviously your freshman year, it basically was an acclimation period, but your sophomore year is whenever you started to find sports and, and doing more stuff in that. Mm-hmm. So whenever you obviously doing, and you're doing mostly intramural sports, correct? Or varsity. Mm-hmm. Right. So whenever you, you, you found, you found rugby and, and you started connecting with the guys. So, I know, like, 2018, whenever they first came to the HBC Rugby Classic, it was 
almost I think they were just it was just they were there, but the girls team wasn't even really thought it was just kind of like we could could possibly do it, but I remember it wasn't a thought. So you were with them at that time, correct? Mm -hmm. I was with them, what was that, two years ago? So last time we played when Morehouse was still there. Right. Right. So okay, so 2019. So okay, so 2018, they they were they weren't they weren't there yet. So for you, you know, you're watching this process, you're watching them play. So what was your first opportunity to just jump to just grab onto the ball and jump into a practice? I think it was more of a I'm more of I can watch, but mm -hmm. I play, right? Right. So it came from of okay, I need to see it in order to do it. Like, okay, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And I remember just kind of rem remembering when we weren't having like games or whatever, but I would just be watching. I was like, I'm not satisfied with this. So we would like kept pushing like, hey, like when we get the numbers or even if we don't have the numbers, you know, talking to a team about a friendly, you know, a friendly scrimmage and, you know, just getting so we on the field. So this kind of me wanting not only want to watch, but wanting to participate. Of course, you know. Uh, so you're you're setting up, and you guys are participating. Where are you guys finding the new girls? Because obviously, it seemed like it was just you and your friend at first. So how did you guys start finding more and more of the girls? Honestly, it it came down to just me and the team just kind of like basically harassing people. Be like, <laughs> you look athletic, <laughs> you know, like stuff like that, or like in the rec. I'd be like. What are y'all doing? What what sport did you play? You know, stuff like that. Or when I would go play volleyball or something in the rec, are y'all interested or just kind of stirring up conversations about like they'll be like, or if there was like, you know, any nerves, I'd be like, it's not that bad. You know, just kind of like trying to reel them in or just come out to a practice if you like it. Cool. If not, no harm, no foul. So just kind of really just sometimes we would lose girls, you know, but that happens with anything. Part of the process. Yeah, but, you know, just getting the, you know, 10 girls that we have now and just them sticking, you know, is it means a lot because it has been hard, you know, in the past two, three years trying to get girls not only to get them out on the field, but getting them to stay because, you right. know, like, ooh, that's too aggressive. That's, you know, they hear football without pads are like, I'm trying to keep on my teeth. <laughs> right. It's like, that's what a mouth guard is for. Come on, guys. <laughs> Tell it, like. Well, if you tackle right, you won't get as hurt. Like, fell <laughs> and be like, okay, cool. You know, push them in the right direction. But the girls right. are well, just very, very happy that they continue to stay with us. No, that's awesome. You know, one thing that we've always, you know, it's been an interesting process of trying to continue to develop this, especially within the women's side, is the question of, the myth of rugby versus the reality of it. And, you know, it's already one thing that within the black community trying to step outside the white boy sport kind of concept, which I feel like we're we're starting to disseminate that kind of portion out. But then uh, and you don't tell me if I'm wrong, but I think within the HBCU culture, uh, women are typically are labeled into either the sororities or to go to most of the what we say the generic sports. So I, I think where there's already there's always been that initial difficulty within women to say, let's go start playing rugby unless there's an innate curiosity like yourself or your friend. Mm -hmm. But then you have the cultural element 
that's in it that almost seems like it's it's a hard uh, like a little bit of a wall to even jump over yeah 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 for me it was like i already was used to like it being like labeled as like a white sport of like coming from volleyball and that and right so i went to literally two black girls on the varsity so that wasn't super new to me so for right. though it was you know a white dominated sport seeing people who look like me wanting to you know you know be a part of it was just that sold me in itself but for just kind of when when i tell people i pay, play rugby they kind of like raise their eyebrow they're like you play rugby I'm like yeah like i'm not like one of these you know super prissy i was like but i was like it's all fine and good if you you know want to play if you don't cool if you know it's not everybody's cup of tea but if it right. is all you have to do is try and you might like me end up loving it no no, and that and that's and that's what it is. And sometimes it's just that easy. Uh or not let me use the word. That the word wrong word is not just that easy. That's simple. Mm-hmm. You know, but it is it does become a choice for you. You said that you were kind of more naturally introverted with it that with an ability to become more extrovert. So to step into the range of being a recruiter, was this something that felt a little bit out of place for you or was this something that you were like I'm used to this, you know, I can, I can work in this level. Yeah, it was, for me, I've always been more on the quiet side and mm-hmm. I've always been the person who was okay with being a follower, not in a negative way, but, but just like, I, I can, would, hey, yeah, like if you just let me know what needs to be done and it'll get done. So I got you. So I was, I was, I've always been kind of okay with that. Mm-hmm. And so from going from that and that being me, super shy, you know, quiet to now I'm in, you know, a captain position. I'm e-board. I was like, okay, this is kind of a lot for me. And I remember Trey Carter having a conversation with me and was like, look, you can do it. You have the ability to do it. It's just, you know, you have to break out your shell. And he was like, you have to, you know what you're talking about. You know, it's not a matter of you don't, you know, it's just, you just need a little bit more to just, you know, let people know, you know, what you're talking about. Having to come up my shell, like, I have a lot to say. It's just a matter of me saying it and, you know, that communication. And actually, another thing that has helped me with is a lot of my public speaking and, you know, being a little bit more outspoken. And so that has, you know, just being keyboard and being a captain has really helped me with that. And just, you know, kind of coming out my shell a little bit more. No, and I think that's awesome. You know, it was one thing. So I I, I went out to Southeast Asia, and and we had a chance to watch, uh, see a lot of nonprofits uh, working with uh, within the community. And one place I always love mentioning is about uh, Cambodia because Cambodia is not a place that you naturally think has rugby, right. but the the organization is one called uh, Kapachia Balap. They work specific, really specifically with uh, girls rugby. And you would see these small Cambodian girls, 10, 11, 12 years old, and you'd think nothing. You'd be like, okay, you know, it's dainty. They're going to they're gonna try, but it's whatever. When I tell you these were some of the most aggressive, baddest, like, tacklers and aggressive, like, rugby players I'd ever seen. And I was like, this is amazing because of the level of – there's something about being able to have – know that you can – make contact with somebody that makes you a lot more fearless and other things. And as a result, um, they were telling us like the, the, um, what's the word, 
the the motivation and the vision and the uh, ambition of these girls had lifted from what was going to be a traditional like oh we get married we stay in the home blah 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 to like yo we want to work we want to be able to do these things we want to travel and there was this confidence boost that goes along with it with being able to play uh it was something that i was like this is this is what we call culture changing you know for you so like even for you whenever you're talking about like being able to step outside the shell and just even the public speaking um have you seen it even resonate in other actions that you might not have known like going back home and people are like yo you really you really out here like this like what you seem different yeah so like my mom and my dad they kind of always and my brother kind of always knew i had a lot to say because at home it was like (laughs) you know don't mess with me but then in public they be like <laughs> like, where's all this energy? Where, right. where's all- <laughs> I remember my mom saw the biggest change in me. I had got an internship actually that summer, right after I had started playing rugby, mm-hmm. teaching with a uh, freedom school. And I remember she came to be a guest for our read aloud, and she saw me with my kids and talking to them. And she was just like, "Wow!" Like she was like, "You just..." I just, I've never seen you like, just be so comfortable talking in a, you know, a group full of people and just seem just so confident. So, cause before I just super sage fried, like I used to um, play the violin, just, I would have a whole, you know, like- a Panic attack. Uh, just- okay, after this, after this, and after this. And she was just like, you just seem so much more poised. Nice. And- it just has helped a lot. And just, again, the whole community and family thing has just really helped in feeling like, you know, if I get tackled or something happens to me, someone's, you know, and the first people I look if some, I need something is my team, you mm-hmm. know, to them, like some of my greatest friends. No, so, no. I... And we always talk about like our futures and like, oh, when we do this and then <laughs> we do that, it's going to be, that's always fun. Yo, that's what it's and that's what it's supposed to be about. Like, yo, let, it's like yo, let's envision this. Like, what what's this next level that we're going to? Let's go. You know, uh, you know, you you, you talk about still getting a little side eyed uh, on campus, but you know, you're, you guys are bringing people together. And I know, you know, with the guys, they had started leading away. Uh, now with you, with the women, uh, what do you guys feel like? How the administration has been able to take rugby because. Uh, I've heard positive things that the administration has been pretty embracing of uh, PBMU rugby. Because mm-hmm. a lot of the time when we tell them, like, oh, yeah, about rugby, they're like, oh, yeah, the men's. I'm like, no, no, wait. We have a women's team. They're like, really? I'm like, yeah. So they're very welcoming when it comes to that. And, like, when I'll talk, sometimes I'll bring it up to professors. Like, I remember for this weekend I had, like, sent out emails letting them know, like, hey, like, I'm going to be, you know, is it okay if I get some work a little bit early? Like, just so I can work, I can, you know, not worry about it. And they were just like, that is so cool. Like I had no idea. And so just getting that support, I think actually one of my professors donated to, uh, for us to get there. So that was great. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so awesome. You know, and look, the more that you get the, the, the campus involved, it becomes much more of a, a real entity. Now, not to say it's not real, but real to everybody else, because mm-hmm. you guys become more and more established in that that element. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you you talked about how you guys were able to stick together throughout twenty nine throughout 2020. 
Uh, obviously, 2019, you guys are really starting to, I'm assuming, starting to see a little bit of a turnover and looking forward to that 2020 fall, uh, 2020 spring season and ready to burst out. COVID hits, school gets let out, you guys have to go your separate way. What was it that you guys were doing that helped you maintain the connection um, throughout the, the this COVID pandemic break? Yeah, Corey, quarantine rough for us all because we were all used to like hanging out with you basically seeing each other multiple times a week you know mm-hmm. so we all go to house you know we went from that to like you know a lot of us you know, went home and it would be like um, like we would facetime each other, group facetime you know i remember i started getting into tiktok so i'd send them my tiktok videos i'd be like look what dance i learned and, <laughs> You know, just all sending videos and FaceTiming each other. And so, because it was all, we all had our, you know, our own struggles with it. Um, and just them supporting, well, was like us supporting each other and just just being really helpful. Like, hey, check in. How's your family doing? You know, just really like more than just like physically, how are you doing mentally? And just, you know, doing those check-ins, it was really helpful. Nice. You know, again, it, it goes back to like you, you said that family feeling. Like this isn't just my teammates, this isn't just the people we play with, this isn't just bond through struggle, but we literally are bonding because I genuinely love you. I genuinely like you over here. Mm-hmm. You know. Um how has um the connection been with the rest of the rugby community outside of PVMU? Uh have you guys been able to talk with Hark or uh Houston United or any of those w- women I- involved? Um, not necessarily just because of COVID. It's been kind of just like wonky and trying to like find, I, we were in communication with UTSA's team a little bit mm-hmm. and be a little bit, but it's just because of COVID, you know, we get a lot of, no, not right now because, you know, they're not really having a season, which is understandable. Right. You know, I'm not against them, but just kind of really preparing. And, you know, most of this year has been a lot of preparing of what we're going to do when we are able. Yeah, mm-hmm. trying to make those connections, but, you know, when just taking off running by the time we come off, come back in the fall. So just, you know, and actually being like, okay, now we know it's like in the game. So we're not going to need so much of a crutch or so much help of like, you know, we can handle, you know, a little bit more than we could before. No, and that's, that's what it is. Like, you, you just need a little by little, right? You know, it, it's at least... Like you, the, the vision has now been, the, the picture has now been created. It's like, all right, now we can go fill in the blanks on this and really fit into our own. You know, you talked about being a, a, a basically player coach within this element. Um, so how does that process work? Because I know a lot of people in the rugby community are now like, oh, we want to be able to help PVMU. We want to be able to help with coaching. But up to this point, and, and again, the results kind of show that you guys have been fairly efficient with, with what you guys are trying to do. So for you, how has that process been? What What is the coaching? How is it that you guys do your training? Kind of run me through that. A lot of it is just kind of you be just kind of reminding ourselves about like just respect and about, you know, just reiterating, you know, one voice and just kind of like, yes, we are all learning like not everyone knows everything there is to know about rugby, right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of reminding that we're all new. We're all, you know, still learning. We all have much to learn. And just mm-hmm. 
the team that we all have to be coachable. Even the people who are, you know, trying to lead, we all have to, you know, learn from each other and have that space where it's not, oh, I'm telling you what to do. You know, you listen. It's more of like, hey, y'all, this is what needs to be done. You know, fix it. And just, you know, just having that sense of like, again, family, but also being like, this is what, you know, it's a, it's a family, but it's also business because we, you know, we have a goal that we want to accomplish. So I think that a lot of the time me, um, having the IQ that I have of me wanting to pass it on because I'm about to leave Mm -hmm. and, you know, being basically the, one of the only original girls from, um, first two. Hey everybody, this is just the Bray Train sitting out a personal little video diary to all you people out there where I am going to document me riding most of the way between Singapore and Tokyo for the 2019 Rugby World Cup. It's number one is because it's um, part of my business, I do Rugby Lovers Guide to Asia. Number two is I want to bring a lot of exposure to the, to the rugby clubs and the rugby NGOs and charities. Also on a personal level, I just want to break uh, the funk I've kind of felt I've been into for the last 10 years. So for the next 12 months, I poured myself into the Singapore to Tokyo campaign, but it still wasn't enough. I needed help, and it came from Louisiana. We in Singapore, baby! Gift from Gift Time Rugby USA is an extroverted tour de force. Say hi to my people out there. (laughs) Which makes up for my, um, social shortcomings. This place is unbelievable. It's not just it's like What's he supposed to do? Morons, a bunch of morons. Guys, picture with me. Picture. Australian. G'day, mate. Can you use my phone? But what unites us is a hunger for adventure. After KL, Kuala Lumpur. Our love of Asian rugby culture. One, two, three, seven. Rugby is starting to develop here in Cambodia for women as well. Valkyries, the mighty, mighty Valkyries. And allows us to overcome incredible, incredible obstacles. It's just got so thick. It's just so thick here now. It's pouring down rain again. But coming to this Thai-Cambodia border has renewed all the aggression. So the whole thing's gone buggered. I got hit. What? I got Thailanded by a motorbike. I can just feel that knee, that ankle just going in all the wrong directions under the weight of my body. But that doesn't compare to the pain of, of failure. I'm dying. Oh, I'm dying. And that's what I've been worried about this whole time. We're out here, we're running out of energy, we're running out of money, and we're feeling isolated. And yet at that critical moment, friends, family, sometimes complete strangers, come on board. Before you know it, we're back in the game. Tokyo, here we come. Making a comeback. Four weeks, 2,300 miles. Five countries, 
After all the trials and tribulations, this ride had become deeply personal. All that mattered now was getting to that Rugby World Cup game in Tokyo. Yeah, buddy. All right. Be easy. Go check out redearthfilms.vhx.tv to get your copy of Singapore to Tokyo any way we can. That's redearthfilms.vhx.tv. Like, hey, I don't know everything, but this is what I do know. And so, you know, it works for me. And I remember at the beginning, sometimes the guys would be so used to it just being them that they would kind of forget about us sometimes. I was like, hey, wait a minute, we're over here. Uh, uh, now to the point where we're one team. It's not like the men's and the women's. It's like we're men's and women. So just, you know, giving them the knowledge that I know. And when I don't know something, asking questions or finding out the answer myself. And so, you know, it's hard because I was the first year I there, we did have our coach Ashford. And so mm-hmm. I, I kind of know the difference of what it looks like to have a coach versus to be, you know, more self-taught. Right was a hard uh, change because it was very different. And, you know, we had some, you know, a little bit rock because, like, why should Growing pains. We're the same age, you know, stuff like <laughs> that. Like, okay, but still kind of transitioning to, hey, like, you know, we all want to win. We all have a goal in mind. Just kind of mm. rem- trying to remind ourselves what the goal is and what we want to accomplish. And so that helps. Mm-hmm. It when, you know, when you kind of get into the rough patches. But just of course. Rem- like what the bigger goal is it's bigger than just you know you or me it's you know yeah so no no I and I get that you know and and that's what makes it interesting and, and it also shows the the level of commitment because um when you have when you have somebody who's I guess a tentpole and being able to learn and you guys can connect and then they have to go for whatever reason um uh, it, 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 it's such an adjustment change. And then for you, you're still learning literally in the process too. So you're trying to lead while learn while also trying to keep up with everything else. And then obviously you still work with the guy. So you're trying to make sure you guys aren't forgotten along the way and you guys are interconnected in. So that that's a really heavy amount of um, balancing that mm-hmm. you have to do in there. Um, you know, when you're, when you were looking, do you find yourself like, in the middle of the day, just looking at different rugby, like practice lessons and stuff yeah, like that. For sure, for sure. I remember having to go in, and I remember I used to get like the terms mixed up a little bit. And I would go on Google, I'm like, Google, what is this? <laughs> what I'm talking about before I tell people the wrong answer, or I would go to Raheem and be like, is that right? I was like, wrong answer. Or, you know, just watching film and just looking at my position or just a, a whole game and just being like, okay, that's what it's supposed to look like. Not right. only, oh, and then implementing what I would see in film of like, you know what, instead of running, you know, right to left, I'm going to work on, you know, having a goal of running straight or, you know, making this play or doing this or, you know, just implementing what I saw and trying to get that more physical and, you know, on the field and just making sure that I Im- implement what I saw on the screen. And, right. Mm-hmm. No, and that's, you know, it, it, man, and, and look, legitimately, I, I give you so much credit for that because, again, one of the hardest things that we find when it comes to trying to create teams is having a person like yourself who is like, can be a centerpiece, who not only is there, but is willing, is consistently there. 
the consistency becomes everything to it. So uh, I hope you give yourself as much of the applause and praise on your back as you deserve, because I let you know it's being given from over here. You, you absolutely deserve, as well as the rest of the team. But right now I'm talking to you, so I'm giving you the praise. Because I've seen, like I said, the energy that you guys have whenever I saw you guys at the house is spectacular. Like, it really feels really interconnected between everything. You know, um, uh, I, I, let me ask, what, what is it that you plan on doing um, after you graduate? Yeah, so um, like I mentioned before, I actually had an internship. This actually, I'm going to have it again this summer. Um, we're actually doing it um, virtual, but I do teaching with Freedom School, and I've just been, you know, doing that, bulking up my resume because I genuinely enjoy it. I love my kids. I love working with them. And just me, actually, it's what made me want to change my major in the first place, mm -hmm. uh, minoring in education. Because ha seeing my kids, because it went from me just wanting to buck up my resume to this is actually, actually being inspired. Yes. And um, the kind of program that it is, it's very inclusive from, you know, no matter what you look like, no matter where you come from, you know, you know, right. you know my two-toned hair and 15 piercings, I can be who I am. I don't have to, you know, change what I look like nice. to be a leader or, you know, to teach or, you know, teaching kids. Because I never had a black teacher professor until I came to PV. PBMU. Oh, I was wow. old until I had a, a teacher of color. Hmm. And so just wanting that for my kids and have that representation and inclusiveness that I never got, even though I'm not, I'm only 22, but I never got that inclusiveness, you know? And I talked to my grandmother and my mom and seeing the similarities of like, you know, the same issues and trying to stop that, you know, generational you know where people don't love school and it becomes a chore because i know that for me school at a time even sometimes now it became a chore it's not something mm -hmm. that i wanted to do or even pursue higher education because i never got that you know someone to level with me to make me enjoy or coming to school period right seeing that program made me really want to be like you know what i can be the change that i want to see Right. And so people don't have to go through what I went through or, you know, what most of us go through and having that period of time where we just really hate going to school. Like, right. Or so just wanting to do that and of seeing my kids from because I have ages third from sixth grade. That's, yeah, that's my age group. And, and that's a really heavy developmental age group right there. You know, what is that? Nine to nine to twelve. Yeah. 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 11, 12. And so. Just and I had actually my first year I had middle school, so that was a whole other. Ooh, ooh, you dealing with too much change, like <laughs> yo. Oh, like most of y'all are taller than me, please. <laughs> Man, I was like, miss this. I was like, why they put me here? I was just like, <laughs> like I'm y'all's age, like I don't. And so I remember just having that. Just it was very very eye opening for me. I was just like. I can do this. Like, I remember being like, I couldn't ever be a teacher. I can't. It's, just, it's not necessarily about you can't do this. It's just, if it's your calling, that's what you're meant to be. Right. And so just me getting excited to go to work because I'm not a morning person. <laughs> but me being up at 7 a.m. ready to sing songs and play. <laughs> I was like, who am I? 
<laughs> Who is this person? I don't I don't recognize this. I mean, it's cool, but what? I want her back. Why is she so smiley in the morning? Because, like, our program is built off of, like, you know, games, songs, and right. I mean, cheers and chants, like, early in the morning. And it's just, it really is an experience. So just seeing all of it translate into my personality and just how it all connects. Like, even I remember I had a whole thing with my kids talking about rugby. Yeah. That's so cool, miss. I'm going to play rugby, too. I was like, I was like, you know, and I remember one day I brought my ball out at recess. And we were throwing the ball around. I was like, this is so cool. I felt special because I was like, are y'all going to play rugby? They're like, yes. I was like, are y'all going to go to Prairie View? They're like, yes. Yes. A little bit of brainwashing in there. but Hey, look, it's okay. It's okay. Look, look, you inoculate these kids properly, all right? This is what your job is to do. You you get their minds ready for the best thing, and that's what happens. A little bit of brainwashing, but the good <laughs> No, no, but that's 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 legitimately awesome because you know, and then now all of it makes a lot more sense as to how you've been able to work so well within this rugby's field because that level of of adoration for teaching and being able to create different presentations of of things that you know people will love, but being able to re uh, reposition the perspective for them to actually see it as less of a let me just listen and a task that we're just going to go through to. We can participate in this. This is something that I engage in and I'm actually feeling, which is a completely different because a lot of us are experiential learners as opposed to listening or and very rarely are we all just like sit back and let somebody else do the work. That doesn't really sit for us. It just goes through. I even it so whenever you talk about like, yeah, the 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 arduousness of going to class, like I completely understand that. Like you you're just like, all right, well, I gotta do it to do it, but not I really inspired. Agree. I guess I'll go. Yeah. Right. You know, and and it's even interesting because most of the time, especially after we graduate, whenever we start doing something, like even whenever I started doing all this rugby stuff, this is probably the most lesson learning that I've done over these years than I did any time during school. Like school might have set a basis of maybe how to learn and test and stuff, but really actually diving in, you're doing it yourself, but you're doing it because of the fact that you're positioned because you want to execute it. You found a purpose for it. And so it, it kind of like sinks in and now you have no issue with doing the work. It can hurt a little bit because right. anything that's good is a struggle, but you know that you want to push through and get, get more and more out of that. Yeah, for sure. I definitely was more on the fence about, you know, having an e-port petition. Actually, we had a new voting a couple of days ago, actually. So now I'm the vice president. So Wow. Yeah. Wow. From just like, oh, I just maybe want to play to president. <laughs> I was like, this is a lot of pressure. And just having that support from my team when they nominated me, of them being like, we don't have to vote. We know who we want. Was nice. very schooling. And I had just so much gratitude that fact that they just wanted me in that position, you know, without being asked. So I was just very, like, kind of like taken back a little bit, like, y'all really, like, want me in this position. <laughs> want the position to begin with but it's all the work you know blood sweat and tears that go into everything fundraising you know just putting so much into everything we do and then the payoff you know we didn't win or whatever it was the fact that we went out played you guys came to play it was our first game i was just like y'all i'm so proud of y'all like the fact that like you know most girls would even come out 
let's right. make the big tackles that we made and just it was just very I was just very grateful for the opportunity just because we hadn't had a game and just to be like you know we got a taste and now yeah. my like we want more. So. That, and that's all. The, and look, look, let's not even take away the fact. Not only did you guys tackle, you guys scored too. Like mm-hmm. you guys got some speed on that team. Mm-hmm. Like y- y'all got some real like natural talent on that team to be able to play. And you guys organized well. You guys moved the ball well. Like I'm sitting here watching the tapes because I have to put these things up online. And it's like, yo, you guys were really – actually, I know uh, Stephen Lewis from uh, Rugby U- uh, United uh, – um, Rugby United New York, the pro team, the general manager, he was asking me, he was like, yo, I'm trying to look for the PVMU women's type. This is like, because he, I think Mason, because he works with the Caribbean's teams with Jamaica. So he's like trying to see if any of you guys are there. So just let you know, people have been watching. People were out there looking for what you guys are going to do. And, uh, and you guys stepped up in terms of, of gameplay. And, and like I said, first time being able to get a real game, first time being able to really get that hunger stressed out and a really tough team. In in roots and even with Louisiana Lanya, like they're club teams. So uh it, the step up and and everything. I know I'm praising you guys a lot, but I'm not gonna stop because I really don't I want you guys to know how much it was a, a phenomenal, a unique, historic thing that you guys have done and, and what it sets as a ripple effect. Because even with what's happening now at Howard University, you guys are now a standard set for that. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I, let, I, let me ask you this, um, and I kind of wind it down, and I got two questions primarily. Mm-hmm. The first one is, you know, as I know every university is an experience and it, it has a, a different feeling out of itself. But, you know, as a person who has now watched and led uh, a, a team, a group of, of women, a group of players, a group of family into this, this rugby world, and now there's going to be more HBCUs, especially they're going to probably come and ask you, even if you continue playing. For you, what is one piece of advice that you would give to uh, these other HBCUs whenever uh, dealt with some of the obstacles that they, they'll deal with when putting together a rugby team, particularly a women's rugby team? What is something that you would suggest or multiple things, however you feel? It's up to you. I, this thing would probably just be don't give up whether you feel like there's a lack of dedication or commitment or just, you know, when you feel like people aren't giving, you know, 100% or 110%, just don't give up because you have to be the change you want to see. So a lot of the times you have to, you know, be that leader, you know, or, you know, show what you want to see within people. And then it's like eventually they will follow. And it is harder at an HBCU trying to get those numbers, especially with women. And especially with a sport that's not as known and trying to convince people, you know, young adults to learn a whole nother sport. It's it, it's a lot. So I just would like push not giving up. And even when you lack commitment or dedication, just really push yourself and just, you know, pushing your team of like being the change and being what you want to be on, on and off the field. No, no, I love that. I love that. And then the second question for you is, I want you to sell Prairie View A and M because you know there we one thing that we know some especially uh, with like what you saw with Memphis Inner City Rugby and Dallas Youth Rugby and there's even more ISF and everybody who's looking for these HBCUs. Mm-hmm. Tell them tell them why they need to go to Prairie View A and M. I've got a, a couple reasons, <laughs> but I think my biggest thing is that, like I said, 
Prairie View isn't just a university. It's not just, you know, somewhere to attend for four years, you dip out. There's so many walks of life. Yes, it's an HBCU. Yes, it's mostly Black people. But the matter of personalities of where people come from and what they look like is so different. Because you know, sometimes I'd be nervous as you, me and, you know, me myself of kind of feeling, you know, not, you know, really feel it fitting in a box, you know, not only just of how I look of, because, you know, of being, I'm also Puerto Rican, so kind of feeling like, you know, in the kind of like- That middle ground. And so kind of growing up and people have been like, what are you? And like, that kind of like, you know, going from, okay, cool. Like, you know, being like a big, you know, to do or big talk. And so just, even though, there's mostly black and brown people seeing diversity in terms of personality and just, you know, and even if, you know, just people being very interesting of, you know, different people and just the support, you know, of, hey, I tell people that I don't even know that well, be like, hey, I have this thing. And they're like, okay, I'll be there. Nice. And they're like, just act like actually show up. And I remember I had spoke to like people I played volleyball with. I probably saw them two or three times. I asked them to come to a fundraiser and a thing for rugby. They came. So it's just like meaning just it's more than just university for me. And going from me being super hesitant, slash not even really wanting to go to this is where I belong, this is my tribe, I enjoy it here, I'm happy where I am. And just me loving Craig as much as I do. And it's not, you know, super big university, but it's, I feel like for me, it's just right because I know the way I learn, I can't learn in a classroom of 40, 50 students. Right. I, I, I know I cannot. So just having the smaller classrooms, you know, just the dedication from, you know, I've had some really great professors, especially over COVID that has been like, let, how can I help you? I'd be like, hey, I'm struggling with this. How can I help you? And just, you know, even my freshman year, my um, LCC in housing, he was super helpful. When I had a question, like I said earlier, he would go with me. He'd be like, what can I help you with? Okay, anything else? My pals, my freshman year, even even when I would see them around, they would say, hi, how are you? Like, check in. They would text me, like, you know, just really just not only because I have to, or it's my job to, it's because they want to. So I think that was different because I've never really gotten that somewhere like at school. It was kind of like, even in high school, like if you sink, you sink, if you fail, you fail, wow. I'll tell you, you know? And so just always being told in college, you know, that they'll let you fail their Leo and kind of being a little bit more than I was expecting was really heartwarming. No, I, I love that. I love that. I, it, it's one thing, again, college for me was about finding that community. Not not to say that it was a bad experience in high school or anything, but there's a difference of knowing that you find your personality in a place where you, and then ha- know that there's people who can will put their arms around you. Right. It sets everything. Yeah, and then TV, it's also a different vibe because I was never used to like people really holding doors for me and so it was just like guys would hold doors and be like i just want you to know you look really nice today and i hope you have a pleasant day and just go i'm just like 
they don't do this in Austin. <laughs> like, I'm not used to this. No. It's really nice. Like, or like at night, like people will be like, do you need like a ride home? Like, do you need me to walk with you? Like, I remember I had a classmate. We had a, a class that was a little bit later in the day. We would all walk, like just, you know, walk together and just like people who would actually genuinely care about just your make sure you get safe. Yeah. And I'm like, even though Prairie is not the biggest campus, it's still a feeling like tight-knit of, like, what do you need? Like, what can I do to help? No, no. That, I love that. I, I, I absolutely love that. That, man, that makes me almost want to be like, all right, let me go get my grad school over there. <laughs> Our biggest motto is uh, Prairie View produces productive people. So, <laughs> so, if you want to be a productive panther, come to Prairie View. Let's go. That's a sale right there. Let's go. Man, this is major. <laughs> this might be part of your thing. It's just, it's just... My mom might kill me if I change my major again. So never mind. <laughs> look, look, it all works. It all works together. <laughs> oh, Karima, I want to thank you so much. And 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 like I said, uh, um, you know, I love what you guys have been doing. I love even getting to know more about you. Now it's more than just a text person that I, I you know. That checked in. By the way, big kudos. I really appreciated how much you checked in. It made a lot of things a lot easier for me so I could keep a track. So uh, you let, just let you know, you were never annoying at any point in time. <laughs> at any point in time. I was like, thank you. Because I don't know. I'm forgetful. So I'm like, you know what? I would forget something like this. So let me say a quick reminder. Check, check, check it in. Check it in. It, it all helped because... In those moments, uh, because setting it up in my mind, there's like three million things I'm going through in my head at any one moment, and so I'm just like, okay, we have we have this, we have this. Do I have any help for this one? Do we get this, and thankfully, you know, there were people who helped me in in, in this uh, in the back end. But I'm an egoist, so I stupidly tried to do this on my own right. uh, again, and I shall never do that because I don't need that kind of stress in my life again. <laughs> but, you know, whenever you have people who are uh, uh, dedicated to making sure that everything is good and that they're getting what they need and, and, and appreciate it, so it let me know how to be able to maneuver and everything like that. So, uh, again, I can't wait to see or hear about what your future with the kids and teaching and see you become the next teacher of the year, setting up the standard for the next kids and generation of rugby people going to PVMU and all of that. Um, well, look, let me ask you, where can people find out more about uh, Prairie View A&M women's rugby? Right now we don't have a website, but they can definitely uh, email me. They can text me. I'm very, you know, I might not text right back, but I'll text back as soon as I can if you have any questions. Um, but yeah, definitely email me. You can email. Oh, we actually have a new president now. You can get his contact information, um, and I can. Uh, if you want me to send that to you, I can, you can link it. Of course, of yeah. course. If you have any questions, feel free. Hit me up. We love to have new members. We love, you know, any coaches out there who you know willing to. <laughs> little prairie view texas would love to have you so yeah yo i love it we need you guys to hurry get get the facebook page up like uh, you you got you got video now get get the facebook page up right. <laughs> our social media check because i think we have twitter okay get the oh. facebook page up as well too or and the Instagram. like literally just you know you gotta hit the big three all of them all of them. Oh, hit the big three uh, you know after that it's all up in the air but you hit those big three you guys are going to be found 24 so i told this to uh 
uh, to uh, Rashad, uh, who's the founder for North Carolina A and T. I was like, Rashad, just just get the get the the. You might not have to do anything. You might not update it recently, but if you have it, at least it gives people a stamp of of you're alive. Apparently, you only exist once social media knows you exist. Right. Say that again. I said, if you don't have social media, you just prick you. Practice. Exactly, exactly. You just you just in the black hole. Do you are you really are you even real? Right. <laughs> but Karima, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you so much, Karima. You are awesome. Thank you guys so much for listening and taking the time. Uh, if you guys want to be able to see more, we got a great episode. Last week, we spoke to the hilarious, the awesome Aki- Akinola Raymond. Uh, the week before that, we had Kirill Guthrie. Even before that, we had Marquise Goodwin. We've had such great people. Erica Mori of Italy Rugby, Robert Perry, head coach and Founder for Curaçao Rugby, Nicolette Pantor, captain for Trinidad and Tobago. Uh, Jess Nielsen, head coach for York University and former Canada national team player. Uh, Keishan Downs, the vice president for Jamaica Rugby, who's in the repache uh, this uh, in June, uh, trying to play in for the Olympic bid. I, you know, low-key, I'm rooting for them. Um, both the women and the men's side, as well as Zimbabwe. You guys can actually see my video about that on Gift Time Rugby Network. Uh, and, and so many, so many, so many, many people. Katie Sadlier, Naya Tapper, Tiara Mack, Tiffany Faye, uh, you know, Georgie Goda, Kamani Davis, Tiana and Kyle Gramby, uh, Derek Lipskin, Pat Evans, Kelly Smith, like so many amazing people that we've had the pleasure of talking to and just giving so many diamonds and and just dropping all the treasure troves out there. So I hope you guys get a chance to enjoy it. But most importantly, I hope that you guys are happy. I hope that you guys are healthy. And I hope that you absolutely 1,000% know that you are highly favored. Till next time. Cheers. <laughs>